WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. And in studio with us, Dr. Craig McCabe, local eye doctor. How are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I got, uh, I came in from our ophthalmology national meeting out in San Diego last night, and I was taking, uh, not a red eye. What would you call it? A pink eye? I don't know. But it was supposed Late to get in at twelve thirty, <laughs> and it didn't get in till after two o'clock. Wow. Yeah, and so, and there's hardly anybody at the airport yet. It's full of people and luggage and people who want to get out of the bus and go to their car, and it's extra slow. And anybody who has been there, done that, knows what I'm talking about. And gosh, so uh, I'm I'm on about an hour and a half of sleep, but I am. Good to go. Yeah, so you got in at 2, so after getting all your luggage, finding your car, you probably got home like 3-something, I'm guessing. 4, got home 4, four. o'clock. <laughs> 4 o'clock. Yeah, sometimes it takes a long time to wait for your luggage, and I bet they had a skeleton crew there that late. Right, that's that's exactly the thing, and, and the airport was full, and I had almost PTSD about it because I got Southwest Airlined, I now use it as a verb, <laughs> <laughs> I got that on Christmas evening when I was trying to fly out of the country and I couldn't make it out of the country. I spent two nights in the Nashville airport, which is not like spending two nights in Hawaii, let me tell you. But, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but that, you know what? That's life sometimes. And uh, ah, it just seems to happen more often now. That's, have you, that's the only thing. Have you noticed how the Nashville airport is consistently and always under construction construction no matter what there's always construction out there yeah if i if i remember i read something about it a few months ago they had initially a i think it was a 4.1 like billion dollar renovation adding on uh d terminal there or whatever and uh, you know, they're building a, a hotel right there. They built another parking garage. And then they said, you know what? We didn't think about this too well. We need another $2 billion to put into wow. it to keep up with the growth. And I think that eventually it will become a Southwest, Southwest hub. And if so, then we'll have a lot more nonstops going to places. But, you know, Nashville, Murfreesboro started it, I believe. <laughs> and then it's going to Franklin and everywhere, and it's, uh, it's growing like crazy. And I wish they would grow the infrastructure along with it concomitantly so there wouldn't be so many issues. But that's the way it is, and it ain't going to change. You know, I, I don't know how they afford, you know, when you start talking about construction projects in the billions, I, I don't know how they afford it. That could, And construction costs have gone sky high with materials yeah i guess it's like eggs <laughs> but it's concrete and rebarb and you know just but as everything goes up then workers uh hourly wage has to go up commensurate and then the whole thing spirals and we're in this spiral now 
where costs are increasing every year. And again, everybody knows this, everybody feels it. Uh, I, I think the numbers that we get aren't quite representative to what's actually happening. But, uh, and I don't know how they figure out everything, but obviously inflation is much greater than we're hearing. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious, <laughs> every time I take a flight, and, and if it's a flight, you know, an hour long or longer, when I get off the plane, <clears throat> you know, my nose is so dry, mouth is dry, my eyes are, are just, they're oh, hurting, yeah. they're so dry. Why is that? Oh, yeah. And you know what? If you, uh, if you go out to an arid climate, you go out to Colorado and Arizona and New Mexico and California, that's not by the coast, and all the places, you all have the same thing. If you sleep under a ceiling fan, you'll have the same thing. If you blow the car vents at your face, you'll have the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, and and that's because anything that dries out the ocular surface, whether it be wind or it be a decrease in the relative humidity, that's less moisture. And when you have less moisture, you have a greater velocity, if you will, of evaporation of the tear film off the ocular surface. And, uh, you know, with humidity, it's kind of the same thing like with heat. Once it gets hotter than 98 degrees outside, then you become the heat sink for the environment. And heat from the environment radiates to you and you absorb it because you're the coolest thing. And the same thing with humidity and the the, uh, less the humidity in the air and the greater wind across it, the more that you get evaporation. And that causes an evaporative dry eye problem. And so people, yeah, your mouth, your, your nose, your ocular surface, all these mucous membranes, they uh, dry out relatively. And, you know, you're searching for the water bottle, you know, try to find yeah. It's not like you can dump a water bottle on your eye. So it's good to take the artificial teardrops with you when you do these things. But if it's more than just when you get on the plane, then you've got an issue with it. And... Uh, if it's more than what just artificial teardrops will take care of. And a lot of my patients tell me, yeah, doc, they help me for about five, 10 minutes and the same thing comes back again. Then you need more than what they can give you. And you need to go to a, you know, an, an eye doctor that uh, specializes in dry eye and we've got great things to take care of it now. So we can make you better. You know, at my national conference I alluded to, I went to uh, a large session on uh, dry eyes. And your dry eyes can get bad enough over time, chronically, if you don't take care of it, that the nerves in your cornea kind of die off, recede. And those nerves sense when the ocular surface is dry and they make you blink. And blinking is what remoisturizes your eye. And some people will come to me and there'll be new patients and their ocular surface looks terrible. It's so dry, their vision's blurred. They said, I must have cataracts. And I look at them, they don't have cataracts, their retinas are healthy, but their eyes just so dry. And that's what's causing their poor vision. And uh, they say, uh, you know, we typically ask you, do they feel sandy gritty? burning stingy do they stick together all these kind of things say no that's why i didn't come in my eyes weren't bothering me but what happens is when these corneal nerves recede you don't feel it 
and you don't know it. Huh. But it's going on big time. And this is called neurotrophic keratitis, which means that the there's been nerve damage that's been going on so long. So just because you can't feel it, so then you think there's nothing wrong, it can be just the opposite. And, you, you know, you just need to see the eye doctor regular visits and catch these problems while they're early and just don't get into that chronically bad problem that's more difficult to fix we have fixes for it now but it takes some doing we actually have now a a drug that is recombinant human nerve growth factor Hmm. and you can put a drop of this on your eye every two hours for eight weeks and that's been clinically shown to greatly improve the dry eye and actually shown through special microscopy that the nerves grow back in then so we can help you with it but we can't if you don't come in that's true i get with (laughs) us this morning dr craig mccabe and i meant to say earlier anybody listening if you have any questions uh for dr mccabe you can call those in or text them in either one six one five Eight nine three one four five zero again six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. You know, I gotta say, when you were talking about the eye drops on the airplane, uh, I never thought about that. I never thought about bringing eye drops with me, but it's those little things that can literally change a lot for you when you get off that plane. Yeah, just bring a little bottle. But but the thing to do is don't wait till the horse is out of the barn. You know, where you're rubbing your eyes and, oh, I'm blurry and my eyes are red. It doesn't feel good. You know, do it before you get on the plane. You know what's going to happen. Yeah. So make a preemptive strike against it and not go through, you know, the irritation and the bother and the redness and all that. Take care of it so it doesn't happen. And that's kind of the emphasis at our office, you know, is I always say this on this program, <laughs> stitching time saves nine, you know, ounce of prevention's worth a pound of cure. And if, if you do this and you treat problems early, you just don't suffer with it. And you worry about other things. You don't worry about your eyes anymore. And that's, you know, when your eyes are good, you don't even think about them. Yeah, that's you know, true. You got too many other issues to deal with in life, right? Yeah, we, we all do. <laughs> right. So, so, and that's the way it can be. You know, the other thrust at our office is to get people to see well without any glasses near and far we have these advanced uh, full range vision lens implants that you can get uh, if you have cataract surgery or if you just want to have lens what's called lens replacement surgery before your cataracts are bad but you can get this done and then you can be much 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 less dependent upon glasses and uh, it works good the technology's good and you just have to, you know, be so motivated to want to do something about it. You know, a lot of these things and a lot of issues and problems with life and yada, yada, all this stuff is you just have to take the first step. And once you take the first step and you see that there's a plan and we can make this better and it's, you know, most likely going to happen. It's very reasonable. It'll, you'll take care of it. That's so much better than thinking about it and not getting off the sofa or whatever to take care of it you know it's that nike swoosh that says just do it and my saying is just take the first step because once you do that you know you've got a great chance of proceeding through it and getting better Uh, we got a couple of questions here one one's kind of funny and (laughs) 
I say that lightheartedly because <laughs> something similar happened to me once. But first, the uh, the question that's, that's not funny at all, uh, doing with allergies. And this one says, at this point last year, I did not have any noticeable allergy problems. But this year, I have definitely had some allergy-related issues why and what can I do? It seems like aller- that's one of those questions we get almost every time about seasonal allergies or allergies of any kind. We get a, a, a lot of questions about allergies. Yeah, and, and you know, patients will come into me and it's like, I can't have allergies. I never had allergies before. Well, I'm sure you never had a bunch of stuff before. And, you know, life happens. And, and that's what happens. You can develop allergies to medications you've been taking for years. You can develop allergies to the pollens outside, to dust mites, to cat and dog dander, you know, all these common things. And you didn't have them before. And for some reason, the immune system weakens. You know, what's interesting about an allergy is the first time you're exposed to it. And it could be something, you know, maybe these people with like peanut allergies or deathly allergic, all these kind of things. But the first time they're exposed to them, they have no reaction. None. Zero. Zip. That's the way the immune system works. And then your immune system will develop, you know, these uh, memory B cells and uh, T cells that are involved in this. And and mast cells that then look out because they've been exposed to the allergen, they've internalized it, they've sent out all their chemical communication, and it's like, okay, next time we're ready for you. And then the second time you're exposed to it, boom. That's and, wild. And it hits you, and it hits you significantly. And what you have to do is you just have to take care of it. So if it's with your eyes, First, try the artificial teardrops. They're over the counter. They're easy. You don't got to see a doctor. You know, no big deal. You put them in two, three times a day. But the thing is, you got to do it every day the rest of your life. Who wants to do that? So, but you know, maybe it's just moisture that helps, or maybe you're going to pick up uh, allergy eye drops at the drugstore. And the one that I always recommend to people is called Pataday, P-A-T-A-D-A-Y, over the counter. And it comes in three different, I call them flavors, but there's different colors on the box. And you want to get the green one, which is the extra strength. You put one drop in both eyes in the morning, and that's it. And that's as good as any prescription antihistamine eye drop that we have out now, Hmm. which is great. Great. So you can get that without a prescription. And, you know, everything costs a few bucks these days, but it's not as much as a lot of prescriptions that are just crazy expensive. So you can do that, and, and that helps quite a bit. But if it continues to happen, you got to do it every day, and you need some more, whether it be moisture or whatever. It's that, you know, the, the oral, uh, Zyrtec, Claritin, Citrazine, all these, you know, generic ones over the counter that you can take as a pill form, they dry your mouth and eyes uh, out more so than if you took a nasal inhaler. Good nasal inhaler over the counter is called Flonase. You take it once a day, one puff in each nostril in the morning. Uh, but you may need an antihistamine as well. And uh, there's very good generic ones that are prescription. And that's what I recommend to my patients is these two nasal inhalers. Uh, and uh, they'll say, gosh, it's so much better 
wow. than the pill I was taking. Really, really nails my allergies. So Flonase. Flonase and azelastine. And if you got, if you're lucky, you got really good drug insurance, which most people don't have, even though they might tell you they will. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, they're often lacking in the eye medication uh, section. But it, uh, there's one called Dimista. It's got them both in one. So then you just got to do one puff in each nostril uh, twice a day, and you don't have to take two different ones. Uh, but anyways, there's these ones out, and they really work well on allergies. And if you get on those, like, I don't know, 9.5 out of 10 people will be so much better. So it really, really works well. Uh, so that's the allergies. And then you have dry eyes. That you need more lubrication and an oil content to your tears. So what's interesting, another thing I learned over the weekend, I actually did work, it wasn't just all dinners, is that, uh, and even the dinners I went to were lectures, but the, uh, the people with dry eyes, 15% have just an aqueous or a water deficiency. 30 to 35% have this oil gland deficiency, but 85% have a combination of the two. So your eye doctor needs to treat both for just about everybody to get better. And there are very good, easy insurance, you know, pays for it for things to help this. But you just have to go see the eye doctor and uh, make sure they're doing more than just giving you a bottle of artificial teardrops and say, hey, if you like this, you can get more at the grocery store. That's, that's what was my training and my residency. And I went to Vanderbilt for ophthalmology. And that's how it was, you know, I guess it was back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. But it was several <laughs> years ago. And, uh, and now it's like the biggest thing at the meetings I go to. Because if you have a poor ocular surface, a poor tear film, it doesn't matter whether you get the most expensive glasses at the glasses shop or you get the most expensive lens implants for your cataract surgery, you're not going to see well. Your eyes are going to be uncomfortable. Your vision's going to fluctuate. You know, your vision performance is going to suffer. So that's almost like the final common thing. Here's another interesting fact. Uh, well, I find it interesting because I'm an eye nerd. But, <laughs> you know, when light comes through your eye, it's got to focus on the retina. You've got a lens in your eye and you've got the corneal surface. And on that surface is the tear film. And that tear film air interface provides 70% of the focusing power of your eye. 70%. Wow. The lens in your eye is only 30 this is 70. So, gosh, yeah, you've got to have a good, consistent, healthy tear film to see well. And uh, so now there's a big emphasis on it. And we've got the best treatments. So if you're having an issue, uh, please come help us because I feel just about certain that we can help you significantly. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe on air with us this Monday morning. Have another question here. Before I get to the slightly humorous question, I'm, I'm going to go to this one because it ties in with what you're just You know, just you're really about. teasing building up, Scott, to this That's funny right. one. It's, I don't know whether it's by Jerry Seinfeld or what, but it's got to be a good one. And to make matters worse, whenever I, I click on a new 
message that we received, the yeah. old one disappeared. So I've got the funny one memorized, so don't worry. But Uh-oh. this one. Well, we better do it quickly. That's right. This one, my memory is short, <laughs> very short lived. This one says, Flonase, how long does it last? Because when I take Claritin, it usually takes a week to two weeks to actually start working. So how long does Flonase, she said last, but I think she means how long does it take for it to start working? Yes, the onset of action. We all want the, a quick onset that's of right, action. We do, especially when suffering. <laughs> Whether it's something we ask our kids or our spouse to do, we all want a quick onset of action. <laughs> we want that for our medications too, right? Right. Steroids, so Flonase, other steroids, are notorious for taking longer than other medications. So they take longer. As opposed to antihistamines, like the nasal inhalers, work in 15 minutes. Hmm. Quick. Wow. Quick. But you got to do both because they work on two different pathways of the immune system's reaction to an allergen. And so it's kind of like one plus one equals three when you kind of nail it from two different directions, right? It's like if you go into battle, right? You have to go straight at them and you got to send guys around from the side to flank them, right? Yeah. Well, we got to do the same thing with, you know, our health issues. We got to hit it from two different directions uh, to really uh, nail it and take care of it. And so you need the steroids. They, they take longer to kick in just like the uh, caller said, you know, good for them. They, they got that right. But uh, when you combine it with the antihistamine, which works quickly, but you also have to take it every day. You can't be like, eh, it's not so bad today. I'm not going to take it. No, no, no. Because then you get behind and you want to have the medication there to take care of it before it becomes a problem. Before that horse gets out of the barn, we're going to, you know, shut that gate over it so that it, we can, that horse can't get out. So and if you do that, it's much easier to take care of than when the disease or the issue has flared up. And that makes a lot of medicine just to knock it back. So take care of it when it's an easy problem. And then once you have it taken care of, then maintain it with the maintenance dose of the medicine. And you'll do quite well. The the text message, here it is right here for you. (laughs) All right, good. Here we go. Everybody ready? The the reason why it caught my eye, it started with men know everything. Uh, And was was this written by a man? Is that what you remember? Oh, okay. It said from his wife. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. It it said my husband has a 69 Firebird that he loves more than life life itself. (laughs) All right, let me stop you there. I'm going to tell you a quick story. <clears throat> so when I, we, you know, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth and I was a kid, my friend had like a 67 or 68 Firebird. Man. And man, that was a beautiful, gorgeous car. That was, you know, at the tail end when, when cars were awesome in this country. And we led the world with our cars, you know. And I remember I was going to play tennis with my friend and then my other friend and his dad, because his dad was awesome, and his dad would kick our butts at tennis or golf. He was just, he was a good sportsman, <laughs> you know, he was good. So I was sitting in the back of the Firebird in the back seat with his dad, and then they were in the front, and I think, I, I don't know, he had 
Boston or Kansas, you know, blasting on the stereo. We were going to the tennis courts, getting pumped. And I remember his dad leans over to me and says, he'll never hear the train. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not a good thing to hear. <laughs> no, but you know, when you're a kid, you turn up the sure. stereo too loud because you don't think anything can hurt you. You feel like you're invincible. Yeah, you're Superman. <laughs> But uh, that was, I just remember I laughed at that, you know, that just tells kind of the age difference from when you're young yeah. and you think you know everything to when you're older and things have hit you and knocked you back and then you realize you're not so smart. <laughs> okay, let's go on with the story. So so keep in mind, the title was Men Know Everything is right. what she said. So then it went on to say, my husband was changing the oil in his 69 Firebird and when he went to change the oil, I guess when he pulled the, the plug out at the bottom, you know. The oil came out, hitting him in the face because he did not realize, I guess, the thread was, you know, the threading of the bolt was already finished. <laughs> so I guess he had all the oils. It, it spilled in his face, and uh, he quickly came inside, and it said that he washed it out with not only water, but milk. <laughs> and it said, I told him he needed, I told him he needed to go to the hospital in order to get that checked out. And he refused. He said, no, it's going to be fine. I washed it out with water and milk. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I hear poison control often tells people that for what, you know, certain things that people ingest, they'll say drink a lot of milk or, or for whatever reason, a certain thing. But I never heard putting milk in your eye to clean your eye out, followed by water. So... I guess we need to let this wife know out there either that was a great idea that he did or a horrible idea. Well, do we know the outcome? You have us on the edge of our seat, Scott. I, I don't know the outcome. Maybe they'll text back and tell us if he's okay today. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Text so, us back, yeah. whoever that was. Please text us back and let me know how your husband's doing. Um, that, that's really the important thing. But y you know what? I don't know this. I almost feel like you have to talk to a mechanic about this question. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, oil oil is uh, an organic of polymers. Uh, it is not, as you know, oil and water don't mix. Yeah, right. It's it's like um, latex paint. You can clean up with water and uh, acrylic and oil paints. You can't. You got to use turpentine and other things like that. Hmm. Don't put turpentine in your eyes. Don't do that. I don't care how much oil you get in your eyes. But washing it out is the best thing to do. Absolutely. Anytime you get, you know, people are out working in the yards now and they've got uh, all kinds of organics and pesticides and everything, you know, that we put on our yards, which is a whole other thing. But all that stuff, that can cause damage. You can have a chemical burn. From organics, you typically get an ocular irritation more than a burn uh, for acids and bases you know you're doing uh, chemicals maybe strong chemicals to clean certain things in all these cases the number one thing right away is wash it out and I think everybody should have at home a bottle it costs you like four bucks at the drugstore. It's cheap, and it's a great big thing. It's like a half a liter, and it's called eye wash. It's like one of the cheapest things you can buy at the store now. Keep it in your garage for one. Well, no, no, keep it in your medicine cabinet, because then you'll know that's where you go yeah. for things. And if, if anything gets in your eye, you go get it. Now, if you don't have that, then you go to a garden hose 
and you let the hose run for 10 seconds, then you hold it up to your eye, almost like you're sticking your eye in a water fountain. And so you let it wash across the eye. You hold your eyelids up, you remove your eye around in all directions, and you wash it out good. And if you've got something significant in there, and that doesn't take care of it, when I say wash it out, I mean like three to five minutes, not 30 seconds. That's what it takes. And then when you go to the, if you need to, because you haven't taken care of it enough or it's too strong for just that, you go to the ER. Thank goodness we have an ER in town, by the way. We got two now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, the one here, the original one, has got like 90 rooms. It's like a huge yeah. place. So thank goodness we have that. Go to the ER. Tell them immediately what you've got. They should take you back right away. And you know what's uh, the first thing they're going to do? after they get your insurance and they make you fill out all that stuff you hate filling out, is they're going to take a piece of litmus paper. You know what litmus paper is? No, no. You've heard of this is the litmus test for this or that. You know what I mean? So litmus paper measures the pH. And that tells it whether it's an acid or base is in your eye. What do you think is worse to get in your eye? An acid or a base? I'd say... uh Maybe an acid would be worse. Base. base would so be worse. So it's a huh? base. And an acid will go to the surface of the cornea and get stuck there. But a base will go through the cornea to the inside of the eye. causes hmm. much greater damage. So bleach. Oh, gosh. I can bad. imagine. Yeah. Bleach is worse than battery acid. You I, wouldn't think wow. that. But it is. So, But whatever it is, you wash it out. You know, for a while. And if that doesn't take care of it, then you go to the ER and they'll make sure you got it all out. What usually happens, though, with it is it forms crystals underneath your eyelid and it continues to slowly seep out the acid or base. And so that's why I said you got to spread your eyelids. You got to wash it real good. You got to look all the way around and then you can go there and they'll test it. And if it's neutral, you're good. Yeah. And then they're going to look to the things like, how does the eye look? What do you think would be a worse looking eye, a red one or a white one? Oh, I'd say a white one. That's right. That's right. A red one, it's real irritated and sore, right? Yeah. But when it's a white one, there's been so much damage that it's damaged the blood vessels where they can't engorge and make the eye look red. That means a deeper penetration. You know, so there's all these things and you you may but you wouldn't think this right to yeah, all these things. All. It's like the opposite. Right. So there's all these things. And, you know, unless you're an ER doc or an eye doc, you don't know. That's another thing. So you don't know. So go get it checked out. Make sure it's OK. Your eyes are not something you gamble with. I can't imagine bleach in my eye. That would be miserable feeling. Yeah, but people do it all the time. And there's stronger bleaches. Like, for example, Lowe's and Home Depot, they sell regular bleach like Clark's. And then they sell double the strength. Wow. Where it comes like more as a gel. But so, yeah, you got to be careful. You got to know what it is. And it's always helpful if it's a chemical. Bring the bottle or the jug or whatever to the ER so they can call the poison control or whatever. And they'll tell them what needs to be done and what it is. And you'll get better care that way. So if you can remember that when you're all freaked out. That does help. You know, you mentioned something at the very beginning of answering that question about the oil in the eye that oil and water don't mix. So I would imagine it would be fairly easy 
to clean out that eye with the oil? Well, typically the oil is a chemical irritant rather than an acid or a base. And so, yeah, your eye's going to get red. Remember I told you that's yeah. a good sign when it's real red. <laughs> and it's the opposite of what you think. And it typically doesn't do as much damage as a base or an acid. But it's an irritant. It can make you feel bad if you rub your eyes. I mean, that's the first thing. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna rub my. Oh, it hurts me, kills me. Oh, I'm gonna rub it. That's the worst thing. You rub it in, you can cause the epithelium of the cornea to slough off, and then you got a huge corneal abrasion or scratch, and it's takes off one of the barriers to infection and everything else. And uh, you know, get it seen, get it washed out, make sure it's neutralized, and then they'll send you to see me in the next day or two. That's that's cool. By the way. My husband is fine, it says. Uh, this morning, his eye was not even red. But I still told him this morning again, he should go get it checked out. But does he need to at this point? I, I mean, it says, I was fine this morning. So I think one of the best things is how is his vision? Is it just as good as the other eye? If it is, great. I would still use artificial teardrops four times a day for three days. Huh. Okay. So that's the best I can do without seeing him to yeah. make sure everything's okay. But I'm happy to see him if he needs it or anybody else for that matter, as we know. But uh, if your vision's good, you have no pain, uh, then typically things are probably pretty good. That sounds good. Again, got Dr. Craig McCabe on air with us this morning. Local eye doctor. He is at 122 Heritage Park Drive. He's not there right now. He's on air right now in studio. <laughs> if anybody has any more questions for us, you can text us any question you have or call it in 615-893-1450. And we're going to take a short break, but we will be right back. We are broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. For anybody that does not have the My MTE app, Download it today in the Apple or iTunes store for free. That's the My MTE app. WGNS powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning. Do you suffer from peripheral neuropathy in your hands or feet, burning pain, balance problems, and decreased quality of life? Magnolia Medical Center can help. This is Dr. David Morris with Magnolia Medical Center. We're in the Ascend Building near the Fountains in Murfreesboro. Online at magnoliamedicalcenters.com. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City, and our hand-fed baby bird nursery is starting to fill up. If you are looking for your next sweet feathered companion, come in and see us. Find your next pre-loved, pre-spoiled pet here at Animal City. Be sure to check out our downstairs level. Here at Animal City, we would like to thank Murfreesboro for letting us be your family-owned and operated pet store for 33 years. Animal City is located at 919 Northwest Broad Street. Hi, this is Peter Demas. Join our family at Demas' Restaurant. So many people buy so many different things. You know, I go out to eat and I like eating steak where my wife will end up getting our salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves our salmon. It's one of those places that you can go. You can get pastas or chicken. You know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas's Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. 
Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Dr. Craig McCabe in studio with us this morning. He is at, again, 122 Heritage Park Drive, but actually not there yet. Here in studio today, you can text us or call with any questions you may have, 615-893-1450-615. 5893-1450 call or text with any questions that you may have and uh i'm curious when you go to these conventions right like with radio when you go to radio conventions you see all the new technology all the new mm-hmm. boards to work on the mm-hmm. new computers and so forth what what's new in the i world so uh some of the things uh, i'm going to be incorporating into my practice is one is a uh, new glaucoma treatment uh, which uh, can clean out the eye drainage system glaucoma is a lot of plumbing actually but it cleans out the eye drainage system so that the eye can drain more naturally like it does when you're young and it keeps the pressure down in your eyes and there's a better treatment for it out now by Nova Medicine and uh, we'll probably be the first ones in the state to have that and we'll start doing that probably in a couple of weeks and then uh, another thing is uh, they've got a new thing out for cataract surgery called a light adjustable lens Hmm. and I'm looking at that with interest I don't know if it's worth the money but I'm looking at that and it's where you can fine-tune the patient's refraction after cataract surgery by using uv light to change the shape of the lens in their eye and so for people that have had lasik in the past or rk or these other refractive procedures which typically have a greater standard deviation for being off of what you want their target to be when you're picking the lens before cataract surgery so that after cataract surgery they don't see quite as well without glasses as you want them to and as they want to, then you can actually adjust it after cataract surgery with the lens in their eye to adjust the power of the lens. And so that's uh, interesting technology and uh, we, we may be bringing that to uh, Murfreesboro. That's cool. Again, our number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. 1450 We do have a question here. This one says that my uh, five-year-old son is having problems seeing, and I did my own at-home eye test. I know it's not professional, but I did a eye test to see how far he could actually read letters, and it was about four feet away, so there's definitely a problem. What should I do other than going to the eye doctor? Well, that's exactly what you should do. I can't think of anything and you else should, to do. And you should do it right away. Uh, and your child probably just needs glasses. Sounds like they're nearsighted because they've got sight at near. You know, everybody gets confused. What does nearsighted and farsighted mean? I always get it wrong. It's easy. It's the words nearsight or farsight. So nearsight means you can't see far away? Correct. Okay. 
So don't think negative. Think totally positive. Backwards what think I was thinking. positive. Yeah, because yeah, you're thinking negative. The glass is hot, half full, Scott. So <laughs> positive thing of it, near sight. So I got sighted near, right? Far sighted. I got sighted far. Huh. Okay. So when you're younger than 40, that all applies. Now, everybody that's 45 and older will say, well, I don't have sight at near because now I can't read. Well, you had that before, but this is due to the lens hardening in your eye, slowly becoming a cataract. And we have a new term when you were good before, but now you're in your 40s and it's just due to the lens change. That's called presbyopia. And that means you're having a hard time reading and all you need is reading glasses. You don't need nearsight or farsight, you just need readers. So presbyopia. But anyways, that's the three terms, nearsighted, farsighted, and presbyopia. Seems like I'm seeing more glasses on kids these days. Is there something causing that or just better equipment to diagnose kids today? That is such a good question. You don't understand you. all Thank the you. ramifications of that. <laughs> Let me, let me tell you something. It is increasing. Myopia, nearsightedness, is increasing in children. Why? Why? Let me tell you something. I'll bet you did this with your kids. You're part of the problem, Scott. Oh. oh. So, and everybody else out there pretty much is. Is well, when they want to, they got their kids and they go out and they're somewhere or whatever and they got to do something, talk to somebody, fill out some forms, or their kids just acting up. What do they do when they're? Two, three, four, five years old. I I don't know. They give them their cell phone. Oh, I can see where they this give is them a now. tablet. Yeah. And w what's been shown is this constant reading can change the focus of the eye to make them more nearsighted, and hence need more glasses. And you see this, and unfortunately we do this. We think our phones are also a child babysitter, short term, right? So many people. Uh, and let me tell you, I, I, told, I told myself, this was before cell phones came out, because when dinosaurs roamed the earth, that when we had kids, that I was not going to bribe them or threaten them with taking or not taking them to McDonald's to get a Happy Meal yeah. and to use the playground. Which have pretty much gone away now, yeah, kid, right? Can't bribe with but that. But that was like the big deal then when you're a kid, you know. Now it's the cell phone or the tablet, and that's causing more nearsightedness. Interesting. Again, Dr. Craig McCabe has been our guest this morning, and you're tuned to WGNS. Dr. Craig McCabe's office is on Heritage Park Drive. That's right there off of. It's either off Northfield or off Memorial, depending on which direction you're coming. I guess. Uh uh uh. -uh. Heritage uh -oh. Park Drive. Heritage Park Drive and Memorial, which is one light up from Northfield and Memorial. I was thinking, though, it, it goes through, right? So you could get to it by Northfield or by Memorial. Well, you're on the wrong side of Heritage Park Drive then. That's we're true. on the, the corner. We're just off the side. corner there of Heritage Park Drive and Memorial. Can't miss us there. That's right. We'd love to see you, or you can give us a call. If you're having any issues or any questions or anything, 615-904-9024.
Let us take care of your dry eyes, your cataracts, your glaucoma, macular degeneration, whatever it is, we're going to do the best for you. And uh, McCabeVisionCenter.com. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. Hey, always great. Thanks for the good questions. Look forward to seeing everybody talking to them the second Monday of next month. Sounds good. You're tuned to WGNS Murphy's Bro, and we have Rutherford County Commissioner Craig Harris coming your way right now on WGNS.